Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now... Two guys whose 40 times qualify them for a Matt Patricia defense. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is your game preview, episode 367. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is the best face for video on the radio in Detroit, Tony T.O. Ortiz. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Yeah, that face was not quite so happy five minutes ago, believe me. <laughs> so, some say it's no face. I saw his E face, his engineer face as he was working away. <laughs> ah, the, the, the tongue, the tongue, like, as you're working, it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I have a bad habit of biting my lip when there's technical difficulties because, A, I'm biting my lip because it's frustrating, and B, I'm biting my lip so I don't say bad words. <laughs> you are You are a much better man than I am. In that regard, Tony. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to talk about. We got a Lions Bengals preview. Got some interesting mm-hmm. stats about that. Talk a little bit about St. Jude, like we like to do. Go over the injury report, game predictions, betting lines, that, and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Tony, are you ready to go, my man? Quote Riz, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, another good bumper. All right, let's talk about it. Let's get going. Lions at home against the Bengals this week, and uh, we'll go right into the Lions meta. Um, this is, you know, when we play the division games, we know the division teams. We know mm-hmm. the Packers, they've got a lot more wins. The Bears, we have more wins. You know, it's like, okay, fine, fine. We, we know the history. We've been there. But you play a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals and you think to yourself, it can't be as bad. We don't play them as much, right? It, somehow it's got to... Not so, my friend. Not, not so. This is one of the more depressing ones I've seen, actually. And I didn't think I'd get that from the Cincinnati Bengals. But here we are. All right, let's take a look. The teams have only met 12 times. Interesting. That's it? That. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Bengals lead the series. You ready for this? Nine to three. Oh. <laughs> Nine to three. Lions have lost the last six. You have to go back to 1992 to find their last win. And... 1970 and 1974 before that to get their other two wins over the Bengals. So um, they played the first year of the merger against each other. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lions won 38 to three. And they wow. still have been getting beaten ever since. Uh, never, <laughs> never tied. Um, and in 1970, that was their only home win against the Bengals. That's, it's just, it just wrecks me. It wrecks me. Total points scored. Hey, they haven't, they've only met 12 times. 300 to 239. <laughs> it's not bad. Oh, that's terrible. That's like 300. 32. That's only 61 points difference. In 12 games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Five <laughs> points a game. How's that? Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see. We'll think about my favorite st- My favorite story about the Bengals at home against the Lions, or uh, mm-hmm. at, at the Lions home field, is their loss in Super Bowl 16 to the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> the best loss in the Lions home field. I don't know. There's not a lot that I kind of historically no. take away. I don't remember those wins. Even in 1992, I just don't remember anything super spectacular happening in that game. 
you know, usually I have some sort of a story or something about a team and I have nothing for the Cincinnati Bengals. So tip of the cap to M live Lions reporter, Benjamin Raven, who came up with a great um, post on Twitter, which had these great highlights of past Lions Bengals game, including an absolute gut punch game in 98, Chris, and you saw it where Barry Sanders ran wild and the Lions lose in overtime on a pick six thrown by Scott Mitchell, which explains a lot of things about Scott Mitchell and the Lions, but it was such a gut punch. But here's the great thing about that, uh, about that highlight. And again, thanks to Ben Raven for it, that music and NFL primetime. Did we forget how great, especially in the nineties that primetime was with Chris Berman in his prime and Tom Jackson in his prime. And then that rotating cast of guys like John Saunders, Mike Tirico, Robin Roberts, who did the B games, Bill Pito. Yep. I had forgotten how cool NFL primetime was to the point where I went back on YouTube and started watching old NFL primetimes because of that one post from Ben. So it's just amazing at how great that show used to be in the 90s. I I just think football was – I started – and look, there's all kinds of great things today, and it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily nostalgia glasses. I know that. But I think back – Al Al Michaels, Frank Gifford, Dan Deardorff doing Monday Night Football. That was an event. You went yep. out like you would go to the bar and meet your people and and you would hang out and you would watch Monday Night Football and that place would be packed watching of people watching football all all over the city right all over Detroit people were yep. there for the football it was an event right I just remember that it's so big and now it's like you know oh, football's on and it it doesn't seem as 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 big of an event as much of a uh, a gathering thing to gather around Chris I'm older than you so I go back to the seventies. And as the gray hair obviously tells you, I'm older than you. Um, I go back to the 70s when it was uh, Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell, and Don Meredith. Oh, yeah. And that was really an event because in the early 70s, football on Monday night was a novelty. It was new. And anytime Monday night football rolled into town, it was absolutely the biggest thing that day. And I remember the first time the Lions were on Monday night football, how huge that was at Tiger Stadium, oh, how man. big it was to just be. And during the 70s, anytime the Lions were on Monday night, it was an event in the 70s because, again, that was the best game of the week was always Monday night football. It's not that way now, but for a long time, Monday night football was an absolute event. Yep, yep. I'll tell you, Briggs Stadium, later you know, named T- Tiger mm-hmm. Stadium, I remember when, they, when Comerica Park was being built and everyone was going around to give the stadium a hug. If you remember mm-hmm. that, there, 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 it was like a kind of a um, symbolic event, I guess. And I was like, in my head, I was like, just make, you know, it's just progress, no big deal. I was flying to Cologne, Germany, for work, and mm-hmm. I, I, I show up over there, and it's my first time there. And they show me the the Dome Cathedral in Cologne. At the time, they were like, it's like 690 years old. We're still working on it. It's not quite finished yet because they've been, it's perpetually been in under construction. And they were telling me stories, and, and so I'm sitting here. It's like, okay, it's 700 years old. It's just incredible, the, 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 the real detailed work. It's beautiful, beautiful, giant building. And they told me, you know, t- parking in Cologne is so, so backed up and so difficult, they were going to excavate out from underneath the cathedral. It was an architectural, like, you know, bunch of work to do, but they're going to excavate out from under to build parking okay. underneath the cathedral, the, the underground parking. And they had to stop because they found Roman ruins underneath a 700-year-old cathedral. And I'm just like, we're hugging Tiger Stadium. I I, I, I kind of lost my disdain for the silliness of it and said, you don't get to keep something 700 years 
unless you keep something for 700 years. Exactly. Exactly. It gave me a whole new perspective. (laughs) By the way, Chris, the one thing I remember about football games at Tiger Stadium, Lions games, both of the sidelines were on the same side of the field. Oh, my gosh. There was no one team on one side, one team on the other. Both the sidelines were on the same side of the field because the configuration was for baseball, not for football. So that was always unique to see. It was always fun to see like the one bench and then the other bench and they're right next to each other. And it's like, how can you get anything done? You know, how can coaches talk to the players if you're that close? And I even, even today when I see teams share a tunnel, like in, mm-hmm. in, in the Michigan game, um, you see them walking off the field and they share a tunnel two teams. I'm like, gosh, you know, sometimes there's some serious bad blood going on. How Absolutely. do they do that? Much less being on the same side of the field. I, could, I can't imagine some of the stuff that could go on today with, something like that boy no i couldn't imagine that that was just a novelty for that place but it was fun the first football game i saw was in war memorial stadium in buffalo back in 1969 and then the first lions game i saw was a little bit later on when my family moved to detroit and that always struck me chris is it's so odd to see that but tiger stadium was just a great place to watch football or baseball and i know we've gotten off the subject of the Bengals yeah. and the lions but yeah, yeah. just you when you just mentioned that, you just brought back a whole bunch of memories about Monday Night Football and Tiger Stadium and watching Lions games there. And when I lived in California, um, I met the Briggs family, descendants from mm-hmm. the original Briggs Field people. I'll tell you offline, I've got a funny story. but Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll get into uh, St. Jude. Don't forget about St. Jude. stjude.org slash DLP. Raising money for sick kids, trying to make Christmas for the kids again this year. Don't forget, we have a 24-hour broadcast starting at 9 a.m. on November 5th, Friday of the bye week. We've got a slew of great guests. The Lions organizations are hel- is helping out. Been in touch Good. with the NFLPA. They're helping out. Uh, Good. Got a lot of really, really, really great stuff and Tony, I have this idea. I want to, and you know, Jim and and uh, and Dan don't li- listen to the show, but there's something I want to do. Um, okay, we're, we're talking about having Brandsetter and Dan Deardorff on. It's their last year doing the Michigan games. Mm-hmm. I would love to get people to email me, Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Videos, just like a hey, thank you, Jim, thank you, Dan. Just something I'd love to put together. Just a little kind of thank you for them. So when okay. we have them on the show, I'd love folks just to. Put together something, and I can I'll, I'll edit all the videos together just to kind of give them a thanks. As this this is this is their kind of farewell tour this year on the radio. They've done such a great job, Jim, both with the Lions and on with Michigan. The the great work he's done there on, on kind of both play by play and color over the years. Um, and Dan Deardorff, who you know played, he's been on TV like we said Monday Night Football now yeah. doing the years with Jim Brandsetter, uh, the games with Jim Brandsetter. I would love for us to put something together. So folks, if you don't mind, just a five second video, a quick one. Just saying thanks if you want to say a little something extra to, to Dan and Jim. Really would love it. would appreciate it. We'd like to put something together for them to kind of just celebrate their career with them as things start to wind down in the season, uh, their last season as broadcasters for the University of Michigan football team on the radio. Do you think that's a cool deal? you think that'd be all right? I think it's very cool. In fact, I'm going to work on it and send you something for, uh, for Dan and Jim. Awesome. Awesome, Tony. I appreciate it. Anyone else that wants to do that? Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com, and I'll put that together. My first question for Dan Dordoff is, how did you put up with Jim Brandstatter for so long? <laughs> hes I was going to say he's bigger, but he's not. Jim is like nine, 42 feet, 93 inches tall. He is a big man still. <laughs> still. Still an imposing I'm nominating fella. Dan Deardorff for sainthood for putting up with Brandstatter <laughs> as long as he did. All right, let's get into the Diamond CBD Injury <laughs> Report, brought to you by Diamond CBD, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. You've got your active CBD. If you're looking for something like the Delta 8, 
It's legal in all 50 states. gives you the great feeling that comes with that. Or if you just want to get rid of the pain, anxiety, and insomnia that we talked about here, Tony, just get your regular CBD. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use coupon code LIONS. Get 55% off. Okay. We've got a couple Lions uh, questionable. Mm-hmm. We've got Trey Flowers, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, all with limited practice on Friday. Mm-hmm. What happens? Well, we, don't, we don't have a wide or we don't have a running back, do we? Uh, if both of those guys are hurt, you're down to your third string running back. But I got a feeling that both of them will play. The question is going to be how effective, Chris, are they going to be? And to me, for this game against the Bengals, you need Jamal Williams more than you need DeAndre Swift. Although I think Swift could end up playing a bigger role, and we'll get to that when we talk about the matchups. But yeah. I got a feeling both of those guys will play. Here's the interesting thing. You didn't mention a certain name on that injury report, did you? No, I don't see anybody else. No, nah, There's one big name, Chris. Who would that be? That would be Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker. That's because he's on injured reserve, right? Um. Maybe. Are we playing this out too much? <laughs> we are playing this out too much. It looks like Taylor Decker is going to play. That's awesome. good news for the Lions. So he goes back to left tackle. Penny Sewell, if he plays, moves over to right tackle. Believe me, the Lions need to have that stability with Taylor Decker at left tackle simply because that offensive line is really banged up. And Penny Sewell has admittedly, through him, through Dan Campbell, struggled the last couple of weeks at left tackle. Yeah, yeah. So we're in good shape. We're back. I'm, I'm, I'm. In a way, I'm a little bit happier that the who goes to left tackle question is sort of solved. We, yes. You know, early on he did so well, and everyone was like immediately, put him at left, make Taylor Decker right tackle. It's like no, don't, don't, no, no, calm down, folks. Uh, I'm glad things have kind of settled themselves, and folks are all all aligned on that one because it's a big one. So Taylor Decker looks like he'll be back. Penny Sewell will be out there. Uh, Jonah Jackson, be out there, right? Yeah. He's 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 uh, was full practice on Friday. So we've got a mostly content, most Vitae's out there. We're just missing Rag now, really. And, Correct. And um, we've been doing okay at center. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, I, I'm not. It, I, how do I say this? We have an an average or above average center playing for us as in the backup role, and that's really awesome. I mean, as great as Frank Rag now is, right? There hasn't been any epic failures of with him not being there, and we've played against some pretty good defenses. So that's that's good news. For a team, and, and I say this, Riz and I were not high on the depth on offensive line before the season. We were really, really worried if anybody got hurt. And right away, right, Taylor Decker. Here come the injuries, yeah. 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 And look, I kind, of, I kind of went opposite of you and Riz. I thought that they actually could sustain an injury or two along the offensive line. The problem is they started to stack up, and that was a huge factor in this. By the way, Evan Brown is the guy who's going to take over, who took over for Frank Ragnow. He's going to start again on, on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. According to Pro Football Focus, he's played 128 snaps, one sack given up. Mm-hmm. That's good mm-hmm. for center at this point. Especially and that's right. good for a guy who's your backup center. It, it's a good stat to know, and it keeps the offensive line stronger for the Lions than it would have been normally when a guy like Frank Ragnow goes down. It's an embarrassment of riches. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but it's nice to have at least a little bit of depth at a position because God knows if you look at linebacker, you look in the secondary, that depth just is not there. Wide receiver, another place where that depth just isn't there. Well, we'll talk about secondary when we get to the matchups. I I think there's some interesting stuff happening there. Um, Let's go to the Bengals side of the ball. Uh, Limited practice on Friday. We had uh, Jackson Carmen at guard and Joe Mixon, both Mm -hmm. questionable. Um, I think those are interesting for us. 
Mike Thomas, questionable, but he was at full he has full practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not practice on Friday and out Deontay Smith, another guard. So mm-hmm. one of their strengths is their offensive line. Correct. And it's not, I don't want to say it's nice because it's never nice to have injured players. So please, I got to watch my words. I'm not good like you, Tony. I'm not as I'm not, <laughs> I don't have the eloquence. Uh, it's it's nice for the Lions to see that that maybe not as strong as they otherwise would have been on on the offensive line. And here's the thing: the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is average at best. The Lions, I think, when healthy, have a better offensive line than the Bengals. And the fact of the matter is, the Lions, one thing they do well on defense, on defense, I should say, is put pressure on the quarterback. And if the Cincinnati Bengals are having trouble with their offensive line, that opens up the door for the Lions to be able to get some pressure on Joe Burrow because they're going to need to. And again, when we get to matchups, we'll talk about Joe Burrow and and just how good a quarterback he's developed into. Here's the bigger, a big injury thing, Chris, Joe Mixon. There is a chance Joe Mixon might not play in this game. And here's why that's important. Obviously, he's their best running back, but Samaji Payrine, and I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly because it's the way they pronounced it last week in the game against Green Bay. He's not playing because he's got COVID-19. So there's a chance that, you know, we talked about Williams and Swift. There's a chance that the Bengals could be on their third string running back. And that guy is Chris Evans, not Captain America, but the third string running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, and that could be interesting. Captain Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, and and <laughs> the thing, the nice thing is, is people often overlook the Lions. You may want to hold out Joe Mixon if you're the Bengals so he can be healthier for some of your more difficult games down the road. I'll agree with you. Their offensive line hasn't been a strength. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't perceived as a strength, but they've been playing better than what people thought they were going to Agreed. do at the, begin- at the beginning of the year. They've, st- they've just been better than what they, they were expected to be. So that's why I gave them the credit. All right. Yeah. Um, uh- by the way, Chris Evans, also, for those who follow college football, former Michigan Wolverine. Yes, 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 yes. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about some of those matchups. Okay. Um, yeah, I, all right, um, let's, my, big, my big matchup is exactly what you said, Joe Burrow against our secondary. I'm, I'll focus because Joe Burrow, there's a lot to say about how good a quarterback he's become. But in our secondary, what we've been doing and mm-hmm. and playing the guys. I've talked about this. We talked about it a little bit last week as, you know, the the opportunity to develop guys and find out what we have and where the our, our our bright spots are as as far as some of these young players and and being able to bring out and develop them into something that we would never would have known had they gotten a chance to play. I go to Jerry Jacobs who's obviously, you know, local hero Jerry Jacobs is and we followed mm-hmm. his story, but he came out Adam Thielen only had two catches last week. Jerry held him to two catches in his first NFL start as a UDFA rookie cornerback. Adam Thielen is no slouch by any stretch of the no. imagination. And that second catch, as we as we uh, telestrated with Herman on Monday on more after the game, um, that was a Dean Marlowe playing out of position. Had Dean Marlowe yeah. stayed deep instead of instead of cheating up on a route, that wouldn't have been a catch. And Jerry would have only been or Thielen would have only been credited with one catch against Jerry Jacobs. This is something a guy. His story is great. He's such a cool guy, but to see this this arc of his, it's 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 such a. a not only is it a great story, but we never, as a team, would have uh, found out what we had in Jerry Jacobs without this slew of injuries before him. He's really, really been able to play well. He's at home. He's a guy that, and I don't know that you put him on on Jamar Chase instead of our Warrior, who will play, even though he was mm-hmm. limited practice earlier uh, in the week. The way the style of Jerry, you know, no one's really kind of beat up Chase 
in the first five yards of his routes this year, right? They've just given him space. Jerry's kind of a little bit of of an old schooler. We're talking about it in the slack. He's a guy that'll 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 put pressure on a guy that'll punch and beat him up in the five yards he's allowed to, and and it, that may be an opportunity for the Lions to mess up that Burrow Chase connection. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. I again, I don't know that they put uh, Jerry on Chase, but mm-hmm. both being rookies, that may be a heck of an opportunity for for both of them and to to really find out what they've got there. It's a chance for Jerry Jacobs to cement his place in the Lions rotation at second in the secondary, and that's going to be huge if he gets matched up against Jamar Chase. But here's the problem. Cincinnati's got a couple of really good receivers. Auden Tate is a really good wide receiver. Tyler Boyd is a really good wide receiver. So Jacobs is going to get a chance to match up against three solid, if not very good wide receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals. So he will get a chance to show off his skill set. And look, I'm hoping that this wasn't a mirage. This wasn't a one-time thing that maybe the Vikings went away from from Adam Thielen, but if Jacobs can play well against the Cincinnati Bengals, that puts him on the track to stay in the starting lineup the rest of the year and, more importantly, stay with the Lions beyond the 2021 season. And I'm hoping that that happens because I really like the way this kid plays. Yeah. I really do. Oh, my gosh. And if and, and Amani Arwarie did not back down on Jefferson last week either. No. The, the, he, you know, the, 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 the finger in the chest kind of situation, right? Yes. He stood up to him, even though as good as Jefferson is, Right, and Amani's had his struggles this year. He played pretty well this week against a great wide receiver as well. Um, to see these guys develop, you know, this is this is Amani's third year. We really mm-hmm. need that development out of him this year. This is the shot that he has to become the number one guy or to seal his number two spot to keep his contract. Right, this is an important year for uh, Amani Arwarie. Um We need to see that growth out of him and development this year. One of the things we heard from Jeff Okuda at the beginning of this year was he, the things he's learning from the new coaching staff, from the Dan Campbell team, if you will, mm-hmm. were things he he would have expected and should have learned, he believed, back when he started with Matt Patricia. So there's Agreed. a whole different level of, of training and teaching going on. Well, there was two years of the Patricia tr- you know, training that went on to Aurora. Hey, I have so much trouble with that name. I uh, know. <laughs> he, it, there's so much... Um, of that Patricia era stuff of his growth that he's got to kind of shake out and build into this kind of Campbell crew, if you will, of, of development. I'm interested to see what the development arc is for him this year and what the, the Campbell coaching staff does for Amani to turn him in. It, my take is it takes two to three years to really know what you have at the cornerback position. Darius Slay, we love referring to how he was benched in his first year. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I, you know, again, let's make sure it's not fool's gold with Jerry, but he looked really, really good out there. And Imani, if we can see the right kind of development, we'll have some real options, some real options here for this team. Here's the thing, and here's the advantage of having a guy like Aaron Glenn as your defensive coordinator. Glenn has played secondary in the NFL. He played at a high level for a number of years, so he knows what it takes to have success at that position. And Aubrey Pleasant, the guy who runs the secondary for the Lions, is also a very good coach, did a great job in Los Angeles with the Rams. So you take those two guys, and you should be able with an Aurorie and, yes, I did it too, and a Jeff Okuda. As young guys, they should be able to blossom, develop, and play better under those guys. If they can't play well for Glenn and for Pleasant, I don't know who they can play well for. Yeah, no, that's a great point. We do have um, an audio cut of draft night when we got Amani, and this is me pronouncing his name. <laughs> I've never done it better since. <laughs> Hasn't gotten better. It hasn't gotten better. Uh, quick super chat. Flounderish is back. Uh, if we get to 
$2,000 tonight. He'll take another pie in the face. Hashtag pies right. for kids. We need $131, folks. What can we do to to get St. Jude up to $2,000, get him another pie? stjude.org slash DLP. Drop a couple bucks in there. Shy off that extra, even five bucks, right? That gets us moving up towards the, towards the number. So anything you can spare, stjude.org slash DLP. All right. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Does Joe Burrow remind you just not only just the number, but the way he plays, does he remind you of somebody that used to play quarterback for the Lions? You're not going to say Scott Mitchell. No, I'm just no <laughs> exactly. Scott Mitchell, that's the answer. No. <laughs> Watching Joe Burrow play, he reminds me a lot of Matthew Stafford. Yeah, The toughness is there. The arm strength is there. The decision-making is there. I really, really like Joe Burrow. The only problem I have with Joe Burrow, and Aaron Rodgers brought this up this week on the Pat McAfee show, the only problem with Joe Burrow is he doesn't know how to slide. He doesn't know when to slide, and he takes some unnecessary hits when he runs out the pocket, and that's something to keep an eye on in this game. But if Burrow stays upright and you give him a chance to throw, he loves the deep ball. He loves hitting Jamar Chase. He loves hitting Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd. And one of his favorite receivers lately has been the tight end, C.J. Uzoma. Yeah. And he's turning into a very good tight end. And that's another matchup to watch, Chris, which is the tight ends, especially Uzoma and Drew Sample against the Lions linebackers who have struggled in coverage against linebackers this year. And even the fact that he doesn't know how to slide, that's Matthew Stafford too. He couldn't yeah. slide when he was a rookie. He wouldn't slide. He just took, he just lowered a shoulder and went into it. And then yep. even to take it further, he had Brandon Pettigrew and Calvin Johnson. I mean, he had yes, young he Calvin and he had uh, Brandon Pettigrew. He's got his tight end. He's got his uh, his wide receiver here. It's a very, very interesting combination uh, What that they have in Cincinnati there. I love watching Joe Burrow. I think the guy is going to be a star in the NFL. And the fact of the matter is he's tough, but sometimes that toughness can get you in trouble. And you saw this week yeah. he couldn't speak for a couple of days because he took a shot to the throat, had to go to the hospital after the Packers game. That kind of tells you the recklessness that he sometimes plays with. And if you're the Bengals, you're trying to get him to slide and take a little of that recklessness out of your game. But here's the problem. If he takes a little bit of that out of his game, is he still the same quarterback? It, it, it just, it just, I think how silly some of this sometimes seems in that Frank Ragnow last year had a broken throat, still played. <laughs> yes. He has, you think just the name of it, right? Turf toe <laughs> out for the season. <laughs> broken throat. Turf toe. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of sound silly when you think about it. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh man, yeah, no. Joe Burrow's a really interesting player. I, 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 God, I wish we had him. I really do. He's going to be a good player for a long time as long as he keeps himself healthy. Any exactly. other any other matchups that you see out there, To that you really uh, think are going to be pivotal. To me, the Lions' offensive line against the Bengals' defensive line. I'm not impressed by it, but they do have a couple of players, most notably Trey Hendrickson, the former New Orleans Saint, who can get pressure on the quarterback. So that he lines up on the right side usually for the Bengals. Sometimes we'll switch over to the left, but mostly the right. So he's going to be matched up against Taylor Decker. So Taylor Decker's first game is going to be a challenge against the guy who had double-digit sacks last year for the Saints. If Jared Goff has the time to throw, he should be able to pick on the linebackers in the secondary of the Bengals. But again, if he has time to throw, and that's to me, another matchup is going to be the coaching matchup because the Lions game plan with Jared Goff. And I don't know if it's Anthony Lynn or if it's Jared Goff sometimes gets a little too conservative. Yes. A little too much check downs, a little too many short passes, a little too many first read, second read, boom. 
I'd like to see him take a few more shots down the field. But the other thing I'd like to do with this, see with this offense, is I'd like to see them actually chew up some clock, use the running game to chew up some clock and keep the Bengals offense off the field because the Bengals offense can score quickly. But if they force them into a game where they have to score quickly, if they force them into a game where they're one dimensional, I think the Lions have a chance to beat them on Sunday at Ford Field. But to me, they've got to be able to protect Jared Goff and they've got to be able to give him time in the pocket. If they don't do that, this is going to be a long day for the Lions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, I just got a message. Yeah. And I'm wondering what you think of this, T.O. It's, sure. it's It's for the St. Jude thing, and they came up with an idea. It, it's, I know it spawns out of the, the, uh, the show this week when um, – Riz and I were talking. Riz has confirmed if we reach the $25,000 goal, he will wear a tutu on camera. It's All right. Gonna, it's going to be something special. That should get you to $25,000 alone, just getting Riz in a tutu. That should do it. Um, but we were talking about the potential. There's there's potential. Nothing's locked in, but one of our favorite U of M alumni, uh, Rich Eisen, may join the show. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, he's he's one of my absolute heroes. This is a bucket list kind of guy to have on the show for me. I'm, I really, yep. really love Rich Eisen. Um, they were talking about the 40 and they're like, why don't you do the 40, Chris? Why don't you do the 40 at, at 25 grand? I'm like, oh God. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could do something about that. And so this message, this just came in and said, it goes, why don't you do the fat ass 40 challenge? <laughs> $10 entry feed to St. Jude, post a video of you running 40 yards. The winner, he says the winner gets bragging rights. I've got to, I'll put together a prize for that. I'll, I'll, I'll put something out there. I'll, I'll get something that we'll give away for the winner of the fat ass 40 $10 entry feed to St. Jude. If you do the entry feed video yourself doing the 40 and uh, we can time it with the frames on the, on the, we can, we can time it. We can get it. But if you can time it as well, that's helpful. And uh, whoever wins the, the fat ass 40 will, will get a prize. We'll put that together. That sounds like a fun deal. $10. That sounds only. like fun. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's we'll call it the fat boy 40. How about that? That's okay. Better. That's something we could probably put in the paper. <laughs> yeah, the paper might be a little—I don't know—nervous about that first title. So yeah, okay, Fat Boy Forty works better. Fat Boy Forty. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the odds. This is an interesting week again. I mean, this mm-hmm. is why Vegas makes money. And I don't know if you know this, Tony. I'm leaving for Vegas on Monday. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going. And then on Friday, I leave Vegas for LA mm-hmm. to cover the game. I'm going to the game to go see. Matthew Stafford and the so you're Lions. going yeah yeah I, this is nice. what I knew I wanted to see uh, and, I, and I get to visit some friends while I'm there and then uh, coming back so that should be interesting these odds Chris I want a full report on SoFi Stadium oh my gosh we will so I'm at, I, underst- I understand it's just a palace yeah I'll be there with Sandman we're going to shoot all, okay. all kinds of video we'll probably do some live streaming from there as well um, I'm doing our weekly show on Wednesday from the hotel but I'm going to be on a plane during this show, so Tony and I won't be doing a show next week. I apologize to okay. all our, our, our wonderful listeners. But uh, And then Sunday, we're going to work out something, whether it's a live stream after the game from the parking lot, or I'll have the equipment with me. I have to work it out with Sam, and maybe he'll drop by my hotel mm-hmm. and do a post-game show. We could take some calls. We'll see nice. how it goes. <laughs> I'm only like five miles from the stadium, so it shouldn't take but two hours to get there. From <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Los Angeles traffic, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, odds brought to you by Amazon, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Don't let that guy go to space anymore. He's, he doesn't have any hair. It could, it could, that panel could reflect 
all that radiation back to the earth and 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 it wouldn't change us to superheroes it would make us all ill with terrible diseases <laughs> don't let bezos go back to space how do you do that amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com take some of those profits out of his pocket and give it to the podcast so we can provide this great content for you now hold on <laughs> Hold on. Oh, no. One I, of my favorite, had, one of my heroes went into space this week. You cannot yes. stop him from going into space. Come on now. Yeah. William Shatner deserved to go into space. He Come absolutely on. did. He absolutely did. I, I'm with you. I'm just I'm trying to do a read. I don't know. It's on the fly. What do I got? <laughs> I'm sorry. I interrupted you to read. I'm going to no, sit no, here no, and I'm going to be quiet. I'm no, good. no, no. I'm going to be quiet. No, no. Yeah. William Shatner's space was good. But still go to Amazon. DetroitLinesPodcast.com. There you go. All right. Vegas. They've got the spread. They've got the Bengals. I think... Boy, I think I take the Bengals on this. It's the Bengals minus three and a half. Hmm. Yeah, I might take the Bengals on this one. Yes. I would I'm feeling the spread on this. And I'm not in Vegas in time to bet. Dang it. Come on, Florida. Let's get this together. All right. Uh money line. We got the the Lions at plus one sixty and the Bengals at minus one ninety. Um nothing there nah. for me. Nothing there nah. for me. And the over under, where do you think they've got that this week, Tio? Let's go 47. Hmm. It's 43 and a half. Ooh. Yeah. I might go over on that one. That's where I'm at. Yep. I'm on the over. 43 and a half seems a little conservative for yes. these two defenses. And I feel like it's time for to see that good Jared Goff again. Because this, 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 Jared Goff, a lot of people are out on Jared Goff. And yes. And as we, and not, not wrongly so. I just think it's a degree of how bad he is versus what people are thinking. And I, and I don't even want to say bad. That's the wrong word, right? The talent he's got, and it's one of the things Herman Moore really, really talked about on Monday in uh, more after the game, mm-hmm. where what he sees in Jared Goff is a, a serious lack in trust in his receivers. The reason he's staring them down is because he doesn't expect them to be where they're supposed to be. My favorite was the Amon Ross St. Brown fourth and one in Chicago where he rounded the route. He jogged out of it instead of running it. He uh, Goff is under pressure. He doesn't have time to really look. He puts the Correct. ball where Amon Ra is supposed to be, and Amon Ra wasn't there. Um, there's a lack of trust on his part of the receivers. The receivers just aren't doing what they need to do, so he's staring them down. He's, he's having a hard time with his receivers. He's also doing Jared Goff things, things that Jared Goff has done throughout his career, and they're exacerbated, I think, by the situation he has. Is it all Jared Goff is bad? No. Is no. It all the receivers are bad? No. no. I think there's just a little bit of a problem. But then you go back and you think of that that one pass in the corner of the end zone to TJ Hawkinson, that beautiful, perfect little strike. And he's had a number of those this year that have just been absolutely perfectly placed. And it's what, for, for me, it's the maddening thing. I'm a guy that likes you know data and, and trends and that kind of thing. And it's a, it's just a it's almost like a Rorschach scatter plot of, of, of how he's doing. I can't find the trend. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's bad. He'll have a great half. He'll have a bad half. A great quarter, a bad quarter. Very much like Matthew Stafford did for years and years yep. in Detroit. But it's just it's maddening for me, and I, and I can't find that line that I'm looking for with Jared Goff. Let me sum up that in one word, consistency. He has not had consistency. He will play a good half, and then he'll play a bad. Green Bay is the perfect microcosm of Jared Goff this season. That first half was absolutely spectacular that he played and gave you hope that the Lions on a Monday night could upset the Green Bay Packers. And then came the second half. And it's like, where did who 
who kidnapped Jared Goff at halftime and replaced him with this double? Yeah. It was, and that's the one thing I think that has driven Lions fans up the wall. They want to see that consistency throughout the entire game. They want to see him play that well through all four quarters, not just one half and then not play well the second half. And I agree with Herman Moore, and I agree with you, Chris. I think the big, one of the biggest problems is he just doesn't have that trust in his receivers yet. Think about this. Last year, his top three receivers were Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Tyler Higby. Any one of those guys could step in and be the number one receiver for the Lions, or in Higby's case, at worst, the number two tight end behind TJ Hawkinson. I'm sorry. That's the biggest problem to me with Jared Goff right now is he just doesn't have that trust with his receivers. And with Quintez Cephas out, and he was starting to develop a nice chemistry with Cephas, Mm -hmm. with him out, he really does not show that trust in his receivers. Maybe that will come in time, but the consistency and the lack of trust in receivers is the two biggest problems right now for Jared Goff. And 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 he's he's gotten the injuries, as you said, have done no favors. His number one wide receiver is a fourth-round rookie slot, Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, that's his number one receiver. Taking... His tight end off the off the table, right? As as, right. as being his, his number one. Then who's his number two after that? Khalif Raymond. Right, right. I mean, a guy number four on a, on an average yeah. NFL roster, right? And I'm not I'm not dogging on the guy. I'm just trying to I'm 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 rating talent here. You've got how do you how do you take away the first and second cornerback with those two guys and go to your number three guy? Correct. You, right. You don't have the cadre of talent and. The the other side of it is is Khalif it does have the the speed but he doesn't have the the height as a downfield threat that makes it a little bit more difficult and you wind up shortening the field that Jared Goff has to work with and then they can just crowd it right and and put all kinds yep. of traffic in the way and then you see that the uh, oh god I forget his name from Minnesota who made the the, the spectacular one handed interception the grab in Minnesota um Daniel Hunter no 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 um. Uh, Kendricks, is it Kendricks? Yes, yes, yes. With the one, the, just stuck the hand out and grabbed. It was a great play, absolutely yes, it was. fabulous play on his part. That's a catch if he doesn't get his hand up like that. Correct. And then, and then he makes an OBJ style one handed catch on it too, right? I mean, it was it was really really well done. Um, it's 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 just one of those things when you get too many people in in the throwing lanes and you can't stretch the field at all, it makes it really really difficult on a quarterback. And Chris, that's why DeAndre Swift and being able to play Sunday is going to be so important because DeAndre Swift gives him someone who can alleviate some of the pressure, gives him a swing guy to go to. But also with DeAndre Swift, he can loosen up that defense. He can loosen up that front and actually force Cincinnati to change their coverages on those receivers if they know DeAndre Swift is coming out the backfield and he's able to make some plays in the passing game. But again, DeAndre Swift has to stay on the field. He has to be healthy enough to contribute. And right now he has not been able to do that. And DeAndre Swift in the slot with Jamal Williams in the backfield is mm-hmm. probably one of the the better things they can do to help their passing yes. and their running game. Uh, a healthy DeAndre Swift moves this uh, this team into a lot better position than not having him for sure. All right, well, we get to our Fanatics final outcome, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It's not only Bezos we're trying to put out of business and steal all the money from. <laughs> Hold on, Jeff. That's Chris who's trying to put you out of business. You you keep doing that with Blue Origin. You know, in fact, if you want to ever send a local news guy up in Blue Origin, I'm here. I'm right here. Um, he's he's not listening because he's too busy wetting his whistle for the Amazon football team of Washington. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any day now. Any day now. Uh, okay, Fanatics Final Outcome. You want any kind of uh, great, great top quality wear of any of your sports teams, uh, college, fo- uh, professional, football, basketball, you name it, go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Same price that you'd always pay, except they give us a little kickback, take a little money out of their pocket, put it in our pocket, and help us get you the great content by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Your prediction, Tony, final outcome, Bengals and the Lions. I got the Bengals winning this game 28-21. I think it's going to be a close game down the stretch. I think Joe Burrow makes a play. I'm not sure if it's going to be Tate or Chase, uh, but somebody's going to make a play for the Bengals. Could be Joe Mixon, but somebody's going to make a play late and give the Bengals the edge over the Lions. I think the home field helps out the Lions, their first home game in three weeks. I think the fans that will be at Ford Field will help out the Lions, but ultimately Cincinnati right now is a better team than Detroit, and I think they show it on Sunday. Close game, but I like the Bengals by 7, 28-21. I'll put it out there that this is a game that the Lions could surprise a team at because it's at home, because yep. the Bengals could have a down week. It's one of those, this is almost one of those any given Sunday, and mm-hmm. I was alluding to it early, Jared Goff is, it's about time for him to have one of those confusing good games that then yes. just really frustrates the narrative that's going on out there. So the potential is there, but I have the Bengals winning 28-17. to over the Lions at Ford Field. My my brain tells me 28-17. My heart says, my gambling heart says, the Lions have a shot. <laughs> you know what? If the Lions lose this game to the Bengals, let's be honest, no one's going to give them a chance in L.A. Their best shot at winning a game in the next three weeks could be the game before the bye week against the Philadelphia Eagles the night before Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually on Hall- Halloween. Halloween. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It is Halloween. Ooh. I apologize. Halloween. 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 I got, I'm messing Halloween. up my Midwest and my California accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Let me throw my New York in there as well, you know. All right. We got you over here. <laughs> <laughs> we got your Halloween here. <laughs> All right. Post-game show this week. We will be live right after the game. It'll be Ash this week with me. Uh, we can be ready for the great analysis that only Ash Thompson can bring. Also, as we said, no game preview next week. We're sad, sad. No Tony music plays in the background softly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll call you anyway. There you go. Please call me. Dinner you know one, what? Please. It, it's, you know what? I'm going to come back into the studio next week, even though you're not going to be here. I'm going to plug the camera in. I don't have trouble on the board, bringing myself up and hearing myself. And it'll feel just like a Friday. <laughs> I'm dreaming of it now. <laughs> the thing Chris, is- you are the most, let me, let, behind the scenes stuff here, Chris is the most patient man I have ever met in my life because the first week we had the trouble with the, I had the trouble with the camera. Chris, Chris has been perfect. Chris is technically perfect with the show. The oh. first week I had trouble with the camera. This week I had trouble hearing Chris, finally figured it out thanks to Chris's help. Believe me, Chris is the most patient human being on the face of the earth, and that is why I love doing this show, because Chris is such a good guy, he's such a cool guy, and I have fun doing this, but Chris is just awesome and understanding and patient as hell. You're so nice. My family would beg to differ, but (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate that. It's very kind of you, T.O., I really do. Your family and my family need to get together, and then they can just talk about us, and we can leave the room. We'll be there. We'll be there. (laughs) You know what? We should. I'm going to try to put dinner together when, when we're in town next time. It'd be, it'd be fun. All right. Uh, William Myers, thank you so much. 20 for a 2-2. I will make sure that gets in the right spot. 20 yes. for Riz in the 2-2. 
We're on our way, folks. We are on our way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that'll do it. Thank you, everyone, for watching the show. Remember, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Give us a call. You get access to the Slack. The most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. It is a great time. Good folks in there and uh, good stuff. Riz, I'm there. Everyone, all the cool people are there. Tony, he has access. He just, you know, he's got things going on. Uh, you, should give, you should give Jordan the access. Uh, I am. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and AJ Ortiz 3 at AJ Ortiz 3. One of us will typically wear pants. Uh, give us a call on Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667, and be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast so we can show up automatically in all the places you go to hear the best things ever. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you, too. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.